Hey everyone, welcome to the Others Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Penny. Joining me this week, a new guest, something I love to have. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you will probably have heard his name crop up once, twice, three or four times maybe. I don't know, I've lost count now. Um, and you probably follow him as well. Uh, welcome, Paris Flocko. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing fantastic, brother. Good How you doing, bro? I'm very good, thank you. I'm very good. I was just saying to you, I've got a Hennessy and Coke bottle of water next to me. I'm done this with done with work <laughs> for the day, so I'm all good now. I'm all good. Most definitely, for sure. And you are based, you're in Texas, aren't you? I'm in Austin, Texas, but this is not exactly where I'm from. I'm from Texas, but uh, I like to represent my small town. I'm originally from Lamarck, Texas. Um, okay. I moved out here for college, so that's I kind of been stuck out here ever since. Yeah, I think you're probably our first Texan we've had on here. I think, man, I might be one of the first Texans to really, I feel like, start breaking through this culture in this sense, you know, and through our community, you know. So, is there much going on in Texas? Texas is one of those places where I see a lot about it. It's obviously very big, but I don't really know an awful lot about it. So let me break this down like this. So there is a lot going in Texas. What I always tell people, I say Texas, if you're looking for, you know, um, family lifestyle, you know, you like to go out, have dinner, have, you know, shopping centers and things like that, agriculture, you know, just I feel like, um, you know, someone's kind of middle class, even higher end class, but just looking for a certain lifestyle, Texas, you know, can accommodate that. But when you're talking about more so being a more artist, and into, you know, a wider, broad sense of culture, like hip-hop culture, like being a hip-hop purist, man, there's a void, a lot missing within the communities out here. And um, that's why I'm kind of even in this predicament talking to you, because it's like um, kids like me are having to use the internet and having to pretty much, that's our way to connect into what we really want to do. Um, even got the people like the Travis Scott, some things that, that wasn't here. He's kind of was a um, groundbreaker for the things he's done. and. He had to leave Texas to meet Travis, I mean, to meet um, T.I., Kanye West, and people of that nature. So it's crazy, man. It sounds like a um, a much warmer version of where I am. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's nice, man. It really is nice. Like, I do enjoy living here. Um, the, tech, um, the tech industry is pretty much really big here, especially in Austin. Um, I believe Tesla just moved their headquarters here like not too long ago or something of that nature. So, um, you know, things of that nature, yeah, it makes it really nice. It's cool. I mean, we have fantastic food, honestly. Like, I think New York, yeah, y'all got pizza. I mean, New York has pizza and things of that nature, but they can't really rock with us when it comes to, like, other food, you know? Tesla's a slamming, man. <laughs> really? See, that, that intrigues yeah, me. Yeah, definitely. So I've been to the US a few times. Texas I haven't been to, obviously, but I mm. keep thinking when I come back, there's obviously a list of places I need to go to, people I need to visit and stuff. But I'm always thinking, sure. where's, where's like the place that's slightly different that people wouldn't normally go to that would be like really cool to visit and have Texas to... would be one of it. I, yeah. yeah. Texas would actually be one of it. And, and you know, in retrospect, if I'm being fair, but honestly, me being me, I've always wanted to go to New York. Like... I've been living in Texas and been like pretty much bodying New York energy being in Texas. Like, it's weird, bro. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. But I love it, though. I love it, bro. Nice. All right. Let's get on to um, our track for today. Now, yes, we're circling back round. I think on the last kind of couple of podcasts, we've got up to 
2010, maybe later. We've done stuff from like the Girl album and whatnot, so even after that. Yeah, yeah, I already know. Yep. But now mm-hmm. we're going, we're going right back, and this is one that I left off the list originally because the original list was just focused on stuff where like Pharrell was obviously very prominent, where he may have actually had like a full okay. verse on it, or it was a full NERD track itself, or a full Pharrell track, but. Yeah. I hurt, it hurt leaving this off the list because this is one of my favorite Neptune tracks, and I <laughs> wow, really wanted that's an excuse to go back it. and like listen to it again. So we are going all the way back to two thousand and one, and we are going back to uh, "There She Goes" by Babyface. Woo. Now you picked this one after I gave you a list. You were like, "I can't do this list," but <laughs> I've got one in mind. So why did you pick this one? Um. It's underrated, man. It's um, it's definitely one of those hidden gems. It's definitely one of those like, if someone bring this up to me in a Neptune's conversation, it's like, okay, I know you're hip, really, to the Neptunes, and you've done your studies, you know. And um, I think it's it sucks that um, sometimes you know, for real, in certain interviews, he may not elaborate on these songs. It's of course of you know where they charted and things like that. You already know this. Um, even seeing how you bring up songs on your platform, you know. Of course, like you just hit on, you hitting on the main for real songs, the main songs that people can really go back to. But this BD songs, man, is that's like, man, like you got to listen to this. If you appreciate this, you probably would most likely appreciate that. So, and I actually found this song later on, like through my. Oh, journey, really? So you, know, you didn't you listening. didn't hear it at the time or anything? So I don't know if you know, bro. I'm 25. <laughs> oh, I feel sick. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm born in '97, and like. I don't want to go hard on this topic. We can come back to this, but I, I definitely want to break down like my relationship to Neptunes. I think it's very interesting and different from anyone who probably came on here and spoke because um, even people like Shots Out Sis Letters, they're a little bit older to where I listen to him. He's like, man, I remember I was, you know, 11 or 10, but I was there. You know, I was able to, I wasn't there, bro. I was probably yeah. seven or six or something, you know, so. Um, I'm a weird case of in the new, newer era that we live in because of the music and everything. I'm one of these people that diverted from, you know, what's popular and went to the Neptunes era and found that in the search of looking for something new and different and music that really connects to me that's not out on the radio, you know? It's good because it, to me that kind of pays testament to the song itself, but also, you know, the Neptune's work of that time mm-hmm. where it mm-hmm. is timeless because even people like yourself really who, who, you know, weren't necessarily around at that time or a lot younger still gravitate back to it all these kind of years later most definitely that's true it's part of it um of course me being a musician as well um me being a really i pride myself on being a student of the game not just for real i can really go down a list of people um just to note off some people like i'll be sure um i know i understand the um you know a relation between the osley brothers and for real how much that has been an influence in this music so you know, going down the rabbit hole and, you know, going down the loophole of music, you find these different things and, you you know, you can be able to connect to it. So that's part of it as well. And that's due to the technology we have that, you know, back in 2001, unless someone's telling me I have a friend, I wouldn't have known. You know, I'm pretty sure in yeah. Texas, if I was in 2001 in Texas, yeah, like Neptunes and that music, just East Coast music in general, that tempo and the BPM doesn't mesh well down here. So there's no way that I would have found out about that song, you know? Yeah. Um, let's do some quick track facts. So uh, it was the lead single yeah. from 
uh, Babyface's album Face to Face. Uh, the single came out wow. 19th of June 2001, as we said, and now I feel mm. really old seeing as I'm turning 40 this year. Man, that's what's up, bro. That's oh, nothing wrong with that. That's a blessing, actually, man. There's <laughs> some people that, honestly, I was blessed to make it to 25 because, unfortunately, there's literally people in my community that hasn't did that. So It's, it's one way blessing, to look, yeah, one way to look at it, definitely. And I definitely love, you know, wisdom. So, I, I, you know, I think that's something to definitely be proud of, for sure. Yeah, good way to look at it. Good spin on it. <laughs> this was, interestingly, the, the first single that Babyface had released that he hadn't actually produced himself. And obviously Babyface has been making music since, what, the mid-70s, late-70s, I think. Um, so this was the first oh, single see, no, to come out. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know he, that. he hadn't produced himself. Um, so again, paying testament to um, you know, what the Neptunes were doing at that time and um, you know, the influence they are having and people you know, really taking that kind of leap of faith with them and putting mm. you know, their music in their hands. Um, I do know that, um, you know, Babyface did, you know, like he's kind of connected in that era with Teddy Riley as yep. well. So I kind of always thought too, I mean, for me looking back, I kind of, I've seen that connection as well, um, especially kind of with the versus thing and how they had their verse off, you know, they obviously had um, chemistry. So it kind of felt like something that made sense, you know, for them. Definitely. And I'm, I'm sure that's probably how this kind of came around as well, mm -hmm. at least partly with, um, with uh, Teddy being involved at some point. The song itself didn't perform brilliantly. Like you mentioned earlier, it is a very underrated track, and I feel that as well. It peaked at 31 in the um, US Billboard charts. And again, funnily enough, that was but despite Babyface's massive success before that and after it, that was his um, last ever top 40 entry uh, back in 2001. Okay. Um, as a kind of, oh. as, a, as obviously a, an artist in, in his own right. Um, it got yeah. to number 10 on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart. And if you've seen the video, you will probably instantly be able to tell it's uh, a Hype Williams video. It's Most very, <laughs> very of that Hype Williams era. It is, yeah. With uh, the way it's kind of designed and shot and the lighting and the styling of it and everything. Classic Hype Williams. It wasn't, it's not like um, a groundbreaking, you know, like, oh, this is probably top UDC, but it's... You know, it really, it does really pan to his formula and how he creates, and it gives you all of that. Like, it's, it's all there, for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's not one of his, yeah, like, real over-the-top videos, like, you know, some of the, the Missy ones and stuff like that. I think this is um of that era when he started to tone it down a little bit, I think. You know, he still had videos just before this, I want to say, with, like, you know, Diddy and Mace, which were, you know, kind of a bit over the top. In the oh, yeah. The whole shiny suit type thing. <laughs> yeah, But this one, was, this one was kind of really toned down. And I also noticed that re-watching the video, just in terms of the um, the wardrobe as well, it's very kind of underrated. Obviously, the women in the videos aren't wearing much anyway, as you'd kind of expect. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, for the most part of it, you know, Pharrell and Babyface are just wearing jeans and a vest basically yeah. and then there's some other shots where Babyface is wearing like a denim quite, quite awful I would say denim sort of shirt with the sleeves cut off and then Pharrell's got that classic I would say like NERD look of around that time with the the white zip up jacket the mm -hmm. trucker hat and then the yeah. really what are now I feel really awful red wrap around sunglasses 
they are not a good look. Oh, man, yeah. Those was like, um, I think, and I remember doing research on Pharrell and saying, like, around the time when him and Khalees was heavily working, that was the time where he was really getting introduced to the higher-end fashion. Yeah. So you can kind of see where, you know, he went from the polos with Super Thug, and then, you know, he's kind of still having a skater look, but he's meshing it up. So he may have some Dior shades. He may have some, you know, something of that nature, but he hasn't full-on at this point yet. I don't think he met Nigo at this point, and hasn't went full-on bait, you know, none of that yeah. yet. So it was kind of like the him pretty much still trying to figure out. Also, too, I don't remember. I'm trying to think. I might be wrong, but does he have the, the stash on this He's, one? Yeah, this is mustache yeah. era. Yeah. <laughs> this is when he's yeah, in his so real, like... Crazy um, to me, man. It's ridiculous to me. Yeah, yeah this is his real kind of early rock star type um, moment, I feel, just when they were really starting to blow up. And like you say, you know, hanging out with Khalees and people like that. Those glasses, I I would probably say I can imagine Khalees wearing those. And in my head, I've got an image of her wearing exactly the same glasses mm-hmm. and it wouldn't surprise me if they are the same things probably so bro but yeah <laughs> it is likely. it is that time where um yeah you would see pharrell in all, all sorts of gear um because he is just yeah in rock star mode basically yeah, early rock star mode and like I, i'm kind of part i'm you know I'm, I'm a little bit familiar with skate culture as well and like yeah you know the shorty short i mean shirts and the uh zoo york t-shirts like you kind of seen that but he'll wear like a puma track suit or shirt, you know, or something of that nature. So it's like not really um to where it evolved to, not really so more cohesive and style. But still I feel like it's cool for me to see that, you know, he's wearing these brands and things earlier on. Like just his um his attention to the streetwear culture that it had at that point, you know? I think that's really interesting. Yeah, definitely. And I just wanna go back quickly, um, because there's, there's probably a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are a lot younger than me. I think most people that listen to the podcast are a lot younger than me. <laughs> and I will preface this by saying, and David as well, because in the last episode we were talking about how old Shouts you both are. Uh, Shout out to King yeah. of Creams as always. Shout out to King. But I just want to give some people some um, some babyface facts, because I think, you know, there's as I say, he hasn't released an album since yeah, about 2015 now. This mm. 2001 was his last kind of you know, top 40 hit as, a, as an artist himself. So I don't think a lot of people really realise how influential and successful Babyface is. You know, Terrible. And these are just very high-level ones. He's had 26 number one hits that he's either written or produced. He's won 12 Grammys and ranked number 20 on Enemy's 50 Greatest Producers Ever. Across oh. all genres, across all music. Yeah, yeah. You know, he has worked with. If you go and look at his um, to, you know, people out there, if you go and look at his um, you know, discography and kind of all of the kind of credits of tracks he's been involved in, you'll see just some absolute bangers out there, and especially in the oh, kind yeah. of nut. In the 90s and the sort of 80s and 90s. Yeah, all the, the 90s, of, more so I'm familiar with, more so. Yeah, all yeah. the kind of Whitney Houston stuff, all the, mm-hmm. yeah, the boys to men stuff, which stayed yeah. at like number one in the charts for like, you know, over a year or whatever. The new Jeff Swing did. Era. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's been like heavily involved in so many artists' careers. So um, I would highly recommend going back and looking at some of his other stuff if you're not really um, that familiar with, with Babyface. But sure, no, I need I need to do some more research, honestly. Like I said, I'm familiar with, you know, some stuff that 
I feel like someone my age, they'd be like, man, how you know this? But um, <laughs> before as like going through each discography and the albums, like just even how you say that, that I did not know that, I wouldn't have thought that, you know? Because um, he is such a phenomenal producer. I would have thought he, you know, topped the charts later on in the years, but that's interesting to know. Um, yeah, for sure. People need to go check that out, man. We gotta, um, I think it's, it's important to, I know this is a for real based podcast, but I think it's important to acknowledge the other people who have, inspire for real or just as great as for real you know i think that's oh, yeah, really important definitely. yeah it really paints the picture of what they do i think um really well and you just kind of see on how significant he plays a part in the whole grand scheme of music you know not just this culture that we deem and everything he's done but just when you see his work compared to these others and how it matches up or sometimes top them it's like man that's this is this is crazy like you know it's really great it's crazy, man. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So, yeah, people go back and check Babyface out. Check out all of the stuff he's been involved in for sure. On this track as well, I also noticed I was looking through the credits. Um, somebody we mentioned a couple of podcasts back, um, backing vocals from uh, Latrell Simmons again, Ooh. which is always, like, really interesting to me because, obviously, she went by the name Latrell back then. Obviously, had you know, did a lot of work with the Neptunes and stuff like that. But, you know, she is still a backing Man, singer for Pharrell nowadays. You know, she's yeah. known, I think, nowadays as, as Munchie. Munchie, Miss Munchie, yeah. Yeah, so she works as, his, you know, one of his <laughs> tour backing singers, but also um, does a lot of backing tracks uh, for work that the Neptunes do, that Pharrell does. You'll see her name everywhere on any kind of, you know, Pharrell or Neptunes uh, project. So, again, I was reading some interviews with her from back then from the early sort of 2000s um and really interesting to hear how she kind of um you know was working with babyface and so many other artists and how that linked into pharrell and the neptunes and and stuff like that so again if you're um if you're not really aware of uh latrell or munchie as she goes uh goes by now then yeah you should uh look up her credits as well and if i remember i'll put a link in the show notes yeah please do Man, that's crazy that she brought Latrell. Now, if I knew that was an option, I would have put that over Babyface respectfully. Man, I love Latrell tracks. My favorite track is Infatuated. Man, that track is crazy, bro. Like, it's so simple, but it's so, like, hypnotic and, like, just euphoric and ethereal with the chords and everything and how it works together. It's like, man, her voice is ridiculous. And shouts out to her as well on, um, I want to say... Um, is it best friend on in my mind right she's seen star trek i could well be yeah 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 like she's on there too but she's not credited on a you know on a feature or anything like that but yeah she's on there singing on the on the in my mind album you know star trek at the end of the song so no she's fired bro yeah and i was um i was reading the interview she was talking about her uh her unreleased album you know that kind of never came out that got scrapped mm-hmm. and all all the songs went to... You it's know, on YouTube if you go look yeah, it up. Yeah, Khalees mm-hmm. and Justin Timberlake got tracks from, you know, that were meant to be for, you know, for her. Um, and I thought, oh, I wonder if I've got that in the archive somewhere, sitting on a hard drive somewhere. So I <laughs> had a quick search and there it was. So I listened to a few tracks wow. last night quickly. <laughs> what did I listen to? Is it Good Girl? I think it's called That's Good Girl. That's on there. It's on there. Yeah, House yeah. Party. Yeah, ooh, House Party. That video lit too. That video was crazy super 2000s but it's like that futuristic 2000s of kind of their interpretation of what maybe 2015 would be which is like i don't know it's really appealing to me even now like being a fan of like that era it's crazy 
yeah, I would love to have like seen what would have happened to that project had it come out or yeah, had it got a release and certain tracks hadn't gone to certain people and stuff like that. You definitely could have reached that release status for sure, for sure. Yeah, for definitely sure, had that sure. potential, and some of those tracks were um really really good. But it's interesting to see how her career has like evolved over the years, and how yeah, yeah she's here doing we are. great right now. Yeah, twenty years later, she's still her. working with you know with Pharrell. Yeah, I think um Madonna as well. She does backup singing for Madonna as well. Actually, um man, like I actually like, I didn't like get to meet her face to face, but I think I might have DM'd her and like you know she <laughs> you know I just kind of just told her my appreciation for her music and like you know she. She kind of, I think she liked it and replied something back, which was cool. So it's just cool to see that, you know, that she's doing well and appreciate the people who appreciate her old work as well. That's kind of dope. Definitely. If anyone's got a direct link to uh, Latrell, then do feel free to get in touch with her and tell her to jump on the podcast. We'd uh, oh, love man. to have her on here one day. I would love to hear that. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, anyway, we've um, digressed slightly. There she goes, Babyface, the video we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's in terms, as we mentioned earlier, in terms of the, the video itself, while it is a kind of um, a Hype Williams video, as you said, it is kind of quite a, uh, a tame Hype Williams video. It's, um, we don't have all, like as I mentioned, we don't have all the kind of, you know, shiny suit, crazy stuff going on, all the crazy effects. I mean, and, in his world, it's very whatnot. tasteful. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very simply done. We've got that that shot that gets used again, and I I'm assuming this was in or built on a stage, and it's not green screen or anything. With all of the, it's kind of all of the lights are above yeah. them and going back, which kind of look like speakers as well. I think that's probably the point that they're meant to look like that, or maybe they are actually speakers. I don't know. We've got that kind of look to it, and then the kind of the typical Hype Williams panning shots and. Um, uh, transitions with the kind of different parts of the screen and stuff like that but yeah a, a low-key hype yeah yeah for sure but like i said i think it's um it's, it's definitely it's definitely there to still appreciate and i think it works especially too it works well with the song you know especially with the neptune song it is it's not you know it's it's upbeat it's fast like i said it has all those things that you know the neptunes are known for especially in that oh one era because it seemed like from a producer and musician standpoint, it seemed like they was getting booked a lot and they was like cranking them out. And a lot of people, from even what I researched, they wanted similar like music, you know, of a, a certain kind, you know, Ludacris did this, hey, I want this, or hey, I like this track here, can you give me some of this nature? So, um, you know, with that being said, it wasn't those tracks. So it was, but it was a like of those tracks. So I just feel like um, it, it really panned well to what the music gave, you know? It wasn't over the top. It didn't have to do too much to overconversate for the for the song, you know? Which is a great director, honestly. Yeah, definitely. That's what they did. And it, in terms of the, the track and the beat itself, I like the fact this has the kind of, um, that typical kind of Neptune's sound of the time. But even to me, the beat is kind of stripped back versus a lot of the it stuff is. they it were is. doing of around that time as well. But that bridge is nice. I like that bridge mm -hmm. on there. That bridge is nice. I'm not going, I'm not going to really, I don't want to over talk and put a sock in my mouth to say, oh, this is the top 10 one or nothing like that. But no, it's a really, it's a really nice bridge for sure. It's one, it's definitely an underrated one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I love the kind of, um, the first uh, hook, like the key change into the first hook on there as well. Yeah. Really nice. So well done. An understated um, kind of uh, performance from Pharrell as well, who kind of does backing vocals and then is also on yeah. the nice. last hook, I want to say, perhaps he does it. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously all the ad libs and you know weird breathy noises kind of like in, a in the beat. Break in, be- in between one of the parts, he's like, yeah, you know. And then he goes back into like a verse, which yeah, I love those ideals, man. I wish more people in music today did that. You know, just having different sections to music, I think it's really awesome. This is the sort of track when. I don't like the conversation like, oh, I wish the Neptunes made stuff like they used to make, you know. No, no, because they still got some stuff now. Yeah. yeah, but this is, if they were to ever, ever kind of make a track and they were like, right, we want to do something for this artist, whoever it may be, and we want to go back to like the early 2000s, this is one I wish they made something sounding like this. If they could mm. pick any, almost anything, this would be one be of those ones. At all. Yeah. I would not be mad. Yeah, that's dope. And I, I love in this as well, like I say, that the beat is kind of quite a simplistic beat, you know, versus other kind of Neptune's beats of the time. But I love that kind of, um, it's a Wurlitzer they have on the track, you know, that old kind of Austrian, German, whatever it is, um, electric piano. <laughs> yeah, That gives those. it, which you wouldn't think would work in like an R&B or hip hop type song, but they it fits so well. And obviously they, they manipulate it in certain ways, yeah, but, yeah. but mm-hmm. it still sounds so good on that beat. It sounds brilliant. Yeah, and just to add on that point, I mean, that just goes to show, um, you know, Chad and Pharrell and cohesion of, you know, the type of chord progressions they like to pertain to. Because I even learned from being a musician and kind of taking some notes out of their book. You know, when you use certain chords, man, it literally any instrument you can work with, but then we also have the skill to, you know, add the word listener, but then add these other synth sounds and these other sounds that work well with this. Yeah, it makes it, yeah, it's kind of like you can hear the soul through all this electronics, which is, that's one of the, that's one of the key things I feel like their music made me feel. It's the, the backing of what they do is Neo Soul and R&B, but they can switch it to, you know, rock instruments and give it a rock feel, but it's very soulful behind it. You know, it's really dope how they're able to do that. What else did I have on the track? I think that was all of my notes that I had. Anything else specific you want to kind of bring up around this one? Um, no, I kind of I think we really hit on, on all of them. Um, like I said, I really just want people to know, you know, Hype Williams video that I felt like, um, even if you go on YouTube, Hype Williams, someone curated like a Hype Williams playlist, and it's in there, you know. But you have to really go through there. But it's not like I said, it's not the top ten thing you would see. It's not screaming at you. Um. It's like I said, it's underrated track, really dope, well produced. Um, I love the bridge, you know, Babyface, done working with Babyface and people being familiar with that. He's it's one of those features. Um, Neptunes are really cool with they put me onto a lot of artists I wouldn't have had not listened to, you know, if it was just them. To be honest, I'm not just going straight to Babyface because it's Neptunes. It's like, okay, I like Babyface on here. So let me dig through where, you know, and I feel like a lot of people around my age who's getting into Neptunes, that's kinda how we process getting into you know certain history of neptunes and just the music they made so it's one of those man it's one of those if you're trying to find something new to listen to and and dig like you got to put this on your list for sure definitely and the album itself face to face i think was quite um an underrated album in terms of sort of r&b albums i gotta go keep the whole album i gotta go check out the whole album for sure yeah and the neptunes have one other track on there um uh, what's it called uh stressed out which again is mm-hmm. a really nice Neptune's track. Um, I don't know if it was released as a single. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but again, um, I think an underrated Neptune's track. I'm gonna go peep that. I don't think I heard that honestly. 
check that one out as well. For sure, for sure. Um, I will also, in the show notes, put a link to obviously all the, the YouTube videos and pages and whatnot, but also a really good live version I found um, of this from 2001. It is mm. god-awful quality, but it's a really <laughs> nice video. Babyface playing it live, Babyface actually playing the guitar as well Ooh, as, he does the, yeah, as he does the song on stage. Um, so, yeah, you can check that out as well. Definitely gonna keep that. That's the track. Let's get into some uh, some news. Obviously, we've not been away all that long, so there's not too much news. Although we've had a few Pharrell bits and pieces the last few days. Let me try and work through some of these. So let's start with some BBC news. A few bits of news actually. Uh, mm-hmm. BBC EU. Um, they had their I think fourth drop of the new ice cream stuff. Uh, that came out a couple of days back. We we're recording this on Monday the twenty fourth. Um, so I think they came out Friday. I had to jump on there and grab a new Cone Man crew neck. They released the um, the OG Cone Man design. Uh, so I had to grab one of those. That came yeah. earlier on today, actually. Mm-hmm. I love I that original that. Cone Man design. Do I have it here somewhere? I'm looking for it and I'm recording a podcast. No one else can see this, obviously. It's all good, brother. <laughs> There we go. I'll show off to the camera. There we go. That's what, yeah, that's what I envision in my head. Yeah, I ain't yeah, mad at so that. The original Cone Man cool. logo on the front of a crew neck. I love that design. Love that logo. So yeah, anytime, um, anytime you know, I see some stuff that's um, kind of reminiscent of the OG designs that's new and it really plays it to a well. Yeah, I go ahead and grab that. You can't be mad at that. Yeah, I'm definitely. Person, I lean a little bit more towards the, uh, you know. We're going to keep it OG and none of, none of it at all. But, um, yeah, stuff like that, man. I got to go pick that up. Sign yeah, a lot, of the, um, a lot of the recent stuff, I've only been buying things where they're, they're using something, you know, the OG logos and stuff. So I think from drop one or two, I'd got um, uh, Cones and Bones crew neck and a couple other bits when I was in London as well. So, yeah, they're doing some good stuff, you know, reimagining the original um, ice cream mm-hmm. kind of designs and logos. So shout out Ross and everyone else at BBC EU doing some good stuff there. Mm-hmm. We also saw on Friday, Thursday or Friday, um, a BBC uh, Casetify collaboration. I did uh, so, see that. Yeah, that so if you're, if you're not aware, Casetify yeah. are you know a large creator of um, mobile phone accessories, uh, predominantly cases. They do a lot of collaborations with you know, artists, um, whether that's in the art world or music or wherever. Um, they've done a couple of BBC ones previously, which I missed out on. So for this one, I had to grab a few things. So I think out of the 10 or 12 that came products that came out, uh, I grabbed, what did I grab? Three of the MagSafe uh, wallets for an iPhone. So there's one with the Cone Man again. There's one with the astronaut head. And I think I got the Diamond and Dollars one. Mm. Uh, and then I also got an Apple Watch band as well with the um, uh, Space Camo design on it, which I'm a big fan of. They also did one of the, I think, a Waffle Print uh, watch band. And then they did a lot of cases and laptop MacBook cases as well. They did do a Starfield one. Anyone that knows me knows I'm a sucker for the Starfield uh, pattern <laughs> and design. Yeah. So I did even debate buying a new MacBook just so I could buy the case. But luckily, uh, my my old head prevailed and I realised that was one of the most ridiculous ideas I've ever had. Uh, so I quite quickly uh, stopped myself at 
Just the four items for now. Yeah. Uh, another one that got announced today, we teased yesterday and announced today, is uh, BBC collaboration with um, Overtime, uh, who make, I believe it's just like kind of basketball wear they make. And BBC are putting on a basketball match of some kind, um, mm. from what I've seen, where you can go and you can also get exclusive accessories and clothing at the event, at the, uh, the basketball match. Uh, but they're also going to be selling in the store uh, three basketball, I guess you guys call them jerseys, don't you? Uh, with the matching shorts. There is a diamond and dollars pattern. There is a space camo pattern in a slightly different color, more of an orangey tone. And then there is also a Starfield pattern one. Um, I don't wear anything basketball related, but I'm going to be buying that no matter what, just because it looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, I like the Starfield for sure. You're wearing a BBC shirt there as well, I can see. Yes, sir. Anything you've kind of recently picked up? Anything you've seen of recent times that you do like? Um, If we're going to go, let me go with BBC. Um, Last time I got anything new from BBC, to be honest, was the um the, the New York trip to King of Creams at the takeover. Yeah, I got a couple of stuff from there. I got about like five tees from there, including this one. Um, more so kind of like what I said earlier, more so stuff that I've seen that was like OG designs, you know, so something like this and it's New York plays off the, you know, OG BBC. So I had to yeah. get that one. Um, yeah, that's far as BBC, but I've been um, really getting deep into like, um, just getting to my vape stuff, man. Like, just like, and not even like necessarily hoodies or like the shirts, but like more so, um, kind of like accessories so like bait um bait belt buckles um i just ordered some bait glasses that's coming in the mail tomorrow actually that like i've never seen from my like nego era so just like i don't know i really i really love diving into that you know the albums even too like i just got the nego bait sounds album not too yeah. long ago yeah so stuff like that with the original packaging so i can read yeah all the liner notes and you know the custom posters that you always come with some cool stuff in the cd so i love to get those it's like you planned this segue into the the next bit of news I had, and that was uh, awesome. Uh, uh, Nigo's uh, Kenzo debut yesterday in Paris. Mm, uh, he did go. his first show for Kenzo. I I guess his job title is artistic director or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was his first show. All of, obviously, all the the heavy hitters came out for Nigo's first show. Oh, Kanye, yeah. P. Tyler, uh, all those kind of guys. Pusher was there. Tyler actually scored. Uh, all the music for the uh, for the event, which was amazing. Ridiculously sick. That's super sick. <laughs> there was a new Pusher track debuted, uh, and from what I hear, that's going to be off of Nigo's new album, which comes out March the twenty fourth, I think, mm. if memory serves me right. So again, you know, as with previous Nigo projects, it's just full of the good and the great of the hip hop world. Um, he can kind of rope in pretty much anyone he wants. Uh, I can't remember all the names off the top of my head that they announced already, but obviously, yeah, Pharrell, uh, Pharrell is on there and Cuddy and all these people. Mm-hmm. ASAP, um, Tyler, of course, yeah. Uzi, yeah. Yeah, so everyone Nigo's been working with over the last kind of few years is uh, making an appearance of some kind on there. So that will be coming soon. Also, speaking of new music, uh, Rakeem Miles, uh, he's got a new track out. Today, I think it's already debuted on uh, Zane Lowe's Beats 1 show. I think it was on Beats 1. 
uh, co-produced by Mike Larson. So uh, Mike is the engineer for Pharrell and, and Chad and uh, also produces stuff uh, as well as you know, DJing and uh, being a photographer and everything else that he does. Uh, so definitely go and check that out. Um, Rakeem very kindly sent me a, a copy of this a week ago or so that I got to listen to. I uh, really liked it. So yeah, go check out uh, his new track as well. Uh, what other news did I have? That was all the news I had, I think. Yeah, shout out Rakeem Miles. Shout out Rakeem. Yeah, Rakeem's doing really good stuff. I think he's got a lot of new stuff coming out soon. One thing I did want to mention very quickly, just touching back on um, Nigo's uh, Kenzo show uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. On Was it Saturday or Sunday, whatever day it was? Pharrell kind of quietly launched a new collaboration with uh, Tiffany, the uh, kind of jewellery maker mm. and he was to kind of you know announce this i guess or to tease it he was wearing um an interesting let's say pair of sunglasses i think <laughs> most of most of us would have probably seen this on instagram but i wanted to mention it because uh, i first saw the picture and was like what the f- is he wearing so if you I haven't seen them i don't know oh, you, need, the you need to get on instagram yeah. pretty quick and look at this <laughs> I don't think I've seen the picture. Yeah, not of that. I've seen everything about Kenzo, but I don't know about that one. So they are some almond-shaped glasses, or the mm-hmm. lenses are almond-shaped, with diamonds going all the way around each uh, each lens on the frame. And Dang, then I want to say it's like it's a ruby, I think, on each kind of temple. And then the rest of the glasses are made out of like 18-karat gold. They are, they're one of those things where I look at them, and my first immediate thought is, that's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life. It looks so dumb. But then as I see more pictures, it's just like, Pharrell can just pull that off. Yeah, man. This he can dude, pull off anything. He's a wizard, bro. He's a wizard, yeah. man. Like, he just... Yeah, no, nah, it's... Yeah, that's why I'm like, the more you start to describe it, I'm like, I mean, I can kind of see a picture of it, you know, maybe that'll paint it better, but I mean... No, it sounds pretty crazy and over top, something that, that he can pull off, but it doesn't sound like we can do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If I wore any glasses, even even ones that weren't covered in diamonds, it were just that shape, it would... I don't I'm know, not the mad at the diamonds, though. No, well, no, <laughs> so it's a nice, a nice addition, obviously. Yeah, if you can do it, sure. you do it. For sure. But I sort of think the shape of the glasses just makes me think of, like, um, a 1950s or 60s school teacher kind of look <laughs> i don't know if that's where the influence comes from but that's the, the uh, kind really of vibe, the vibe i get totally different from that like <laughs> like that really just went like left to me well um i mean t- due to the 1960s things like on that point i mean i do know like when you look at like human made and a lot of things that they have been wearing it has been kind of if you're into fashion you know there's a lot of vintage been, throwbacks yeah, and references. They've been kind of going to the 1950s, 60s, that era of dressing. So that's not really, yeah. I guess I'm not surprised, man. It's like at this point, he do what he do. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of Nigo and what they're doing. Um, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I think like many people on this podcast have said, you know, I think on most of other topics y'all talked about, with all these things they do in this new year, you know, we can sit here and talk about, man, I wish this, or, I, you know, I miss the old stuff, and we can go and go down memory lane, but it's really, there's not many people in the industry at all who can last this long, and it seems like they're going up new levels and new levels and reaching new boundaries, breaking new ground. Um, they're still really doing what they was doing back in the day. They really are. 
And um, that's that's amazing. It's really teaching us how to grow. You know what yeah. to do after you reach that youth. What 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 to do after you've made you know millions of dollars this and the other. You had the success. You reached that pinnacle. But it's like how to keep on moving forward. And I think there's not many people in this industry showing us that, especially for musicians. So it's something to commend and really honor and admire for sure. Definitely. And if you, I'm gonna hold up to the camera again. People listening, just you know, just do whatever you need to do for a minute. But I'll, I don't know if you can. Okay, now I did see those. See, yeah, no, yeah. Okay, I'm not mad at those. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. See, in this image with Pharrell that we're looking at, that Pharrell posted, they don't look too bad. I'll give them that. They don't. They don't. But there was there were some images I saw them and I was just like, what the yeah. f- are those? Yeah, that's that's kind of expected. Yeah, for dramatic effect, maybe the you know the angling and the perspective of the camera they're getting and really making it look like you know. The super vibrant and probably big and bold, but you know, just him chilling like that, sitting up. You know, like if I see him, I'm like that's for real. You know, I'm not even noticing. Oh, what's that on his face? It's like man, it's for real. Like yeah, yeah. that's him being him. <laughs> but yeah, uh, like, like we say, he he can pull off anything. He's at that yeah, stage in his life doing. where yeah, he He's he can wizard. wear anything and it looks good. So the wizard, man. Damn Literally. him. <laughs> what else did we have to talk about? Let's talk about you for a bit. Let's do it. Let's do oh, it. Let's do it, man. I love to talk about me at times. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll open the floor up to you. Like, you know, tell me and everyone else, like, yeah, kind of what what you've got going on, what we should be looking out um, for. So first off, I guess I'll let, like, let people know what I got going on. So um, first and foremost, I am a musician. I'm a rapper, artist, um, producer. Um, I started producing my own music and projects. Um, Paris Flacco is, of course, my Instagram, but Paris Flacco is the brand. Um, I'm currently a business owner with Paris Flacco. So with that being said, I don't put music out on, like, Apple Music or anything of that nature. I have my website, and I've been distributing my music that way, creating revenue for myself. Um, on the other end, as far as what I do for this culture, um, I've started this thing, Tokyo Milk Shop. It really started as me selling clothes and um it grew to you know the 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 way the way i was selling clothes it was like i wasn't just buying things and just you know trying to just get it out there to make a profit you know i, I my idea was like let me sell stuff that like i really like and give the history to it so it i made it kind of like a caveat thing to buy from me and then from there you know um i kind of started to like i said as i collected more pieces and more different archive things to learn the history it's like, you know, let me like start uploading, you know, music and tracks and things like that. So that's what I've been doing on the side with Tokyo Milk Shop, you know, with that. So that's something that I'm growing for the base space. And even like I have a future interview with Nick Rusher that I had a chance of meeting on Instagram. Um, really cool dude. And we can kind of dive in and kind of discover some of the history on Nico's Bape album, um, which is really interesting. So that that's just like kind of main stuff that I got going on for now. Um a lot of people may also know me from King of Creams and producing for, you know, his YouTube channel as well. Um, that really, I feel like, to be honest, that's kind of like my co-sign in this space on the real. If we're going to keep it all the way 100, like, that's, yeah, man. That I don't want to really go too much, too much into that, man. But just say, man, that's, that dude's my brother. You know, he's an amazing person. Like, it's really, truly been like a life-changing experience meeting him, honestly. It's crazy, man. Seriously. Yeah, shout out Dave. If you shout if you know Dave. Dave, if you're friends with Dave, then yeah, you'll um yeah, he'll put you on he he'll put you in his videos, he'll 
invite you to his house and throw pairs of ice creams at your head. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll do anything for you. Yeah, he will, bro. He will, bro. He's, like I say, he's always there for me, man. I, I appreciate that, man. Like, I don't want to, you know, make it a whole I love Dave session, but that's my boy. He know what it is, man. Shouts out King of Creams, man. To be, to be fair, if we made it a whole I love Dave session, he would love it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, he deserve it. Honestly, I'm not. I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be sad to do it, bro. I'll do it. <laughs> and we should also say, yeah, he put um a a new video out the other day, uh, since our last podcast, which was what was it? It was like top ten of 2020 or something like that. Top ten of 2021. Yes, sir. That's God. Yeah, I can't remember what year it is now. Jesus, 2021. Ooh. Yes. Which I scored um all the music for, you know. So um all those instruments are here and yeah, all, and I play everything. I use samples at times, but honestly, for the most part, I I learned music theory and I learned chord progressions. Um, I started really getting heavily into that like three years ago. Um, so not to try to like brag on myself, but um, I kind of fastly learned and was able to create like very high quality music, and um that was something that he took notice to and. Me scoring his video is kind of like a leading direction of really what I want to do ultimately as an artist, which is score film, TV. So that's why, like, you know, hearing Tyler doing what he's doing for Kenzo, that stuff definitely gives me inspiration. And like I said, it's I pay attention to these things because they're paving the way and they're showing me the blueprint on how to do this myself. So um, King giving me that, you know, that little push to do that and giving me opportunity to do that on the scale of his YouTube videos, which is an honor. Man, it's, it means a lot to me, man. So definitely go check those videos out. And it's, you know, the shoes he's talking about is so sick. It's dope. Oh, he's very informational with the content. Oh, I mean, the edits, everything. I mean, it's really just phenomenal work. I think it's really Yeah, I've got, to, I've got to say, I said this on the last podcast when I was chatting to Dave, but yeah, he's um, yeah, he's upped his own game as well, definitely yeah, wow. over the last year or two uh, in terms of what he's putting out. And what I did... um. I said I was gonna say what I did like. I didn't necessarily like it, but I found it interesting. Was obviously he said you'd done the music for it, you know, as usual. So I put the video on the other day on the t- big TV, turned the volume up, so obviously I can hear all the music and stuff as well. And one of the first things that starts playing in a video is a sample of me. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, yeah, that threw me a little bit. Really that confused well. me. I was like, <laughs> am I watching the right thing? What's going on here? So yeah, so that came from our. Our last podcast, which that was a little bit strange, but yeah, shout out to Dave for uh, putting me in there as well. <laughs> yeah, I think um, once again, like that just goes to like his his editing and how he's looking at it. He there's a lot of people you know on YouTube who may do pickup videos and things like that, but he's taking more of a cinematic approach with things and really trying to web it into his life and his personality, which is really interesting, especially. Maybe because I know him and maybe I'm able to peep, you know, certain things. But I think even for me not knowing him, because before I was, that was the thing. I was a fan of him, you know. I was a fan of all you guys, honestly. Um, Even people like Shots Out Sisletter, I didn't know none of y'all, you know. But I'm just watching from afar and, you know, just into what everyone's doing. And to kind of see, you know, how that's all connected within his videos as well is dope. So I think that was cool how he put the podcast and something he was saying into that. And, um. Even the things from Complex, you know, this is really dope how he's doing that. And on some marketing tip for people who's business minded, I think that's a really great way of keeping the content alive. Like 
Yeah. You don't just put out one thing and just let that be it. And then, you know, you put out an Instagram post, people like it, comment, and kind of let it die out. But, um, you know, with him doing the YouTube content, he's able to revamp the hype of what he's done or just put notice onto things that he's doing um, consistently through the videos, which is really smart. And it works, you know, within the video. So definitely what i also really like again we don't want to turn this into a i love dave podcast. <laughs> um, sure. again but, but like i say he, he'll he probably will love it if we do but what i really like is these videos they're um you know when, when i first linked up with him years you know five years ago whatever it was or more than that now uh, we were talking about doing content together and we did a few videos and whatnot it was obviously all very bbc ice cream focused but for those that don't know dave as well as we do um, he is also a massive collector of many other things aside from um, ice creams, including, you know, Jordan and stuff like that and Yeezys exactly. and whatnot. So his video and his content, you know, is really expanding into those areas as well. It's not just all ice cream focused or all BBC ice cream focused. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in there in terms of, yeah, like Yeezy stuff and Jordan stuff and whatever else he may, he may have. Um, so that's really good to see as well. Exactly, expanding it, and um, that may put notice to people who may come there for the Yeezys. Now they're seeing about these ice creams. What are those? You know, or I didn't know this much about the shoe, and you know, yeah, I think that's that's awesome. I definitely would like um, viewing mine. I would definitely love to um, you know, go into like the the New York trip from my perspective. I know that y'all talked oh, about yeah. it the last, but I think um, it'll be interesting to give my perspective from being there. Um. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Cause sure. it, I, I was really gutted that I missed that. Like, you know, if we'd been able to travel and all that sort of thing, um, I'd have been over there to see that just yeah, for, yeah, just for it, the day. It was kind of awesome sure. thing too, where it was like, um, I think it was kind of up in the air about the event at one point as well. You know, just like the timing and everything. So, because even like how I got up there was really like last minute, bro. But yeah, just kind of going to that. Um, that was pretty sick. Like I said, he told me like you know about the event pretty much like short notice and i kind of had already been prepped to kind of want to go up there so um that was my first time in new york first of all for me so and my first time traveling out of Texas, period so for me it was like ridiculous to kind of go on this like travel experience within its own but to a place that i really want to go you know me being a huge Neptunes fan of bbc and not only that for me it was ridiculous because it was like going to the BBC store in that era. For that one day, it was like that. Like, you know, I get there, you know, of course, the big BBC thing, which for me, I never seen that besides on the internet, but seeing it in person in the New York, you know, store, like the big BBC thing on the, on the back, it's just like, man, like that's, like, it's just, it's just, I don't know. The aura of it, man, is just ridiculous. And then, I'm, you know, he's playing the Neptune's music, which I love. He's just playing nothing but classics. And just the way that the ice creams was just modeled up everywhere, man. It was, bro, it's wild, <laughs> man. Like, I'm really kind of speechless. I'm really trying to just, like, find my footing in it because um, it, it was a lot of emotions and a lot of things running through my head. Uh, one of the things to note was just amazing people I met, you know, that has been on this podcast, like um, some, some from the Hill, shouts out some from the Hill. You know, he was Shout there. Him, yep. Yeah, he was there. And, um, you know, I got to kind of meet him and talk to him. Um, shouts out also, um, uh, shouts out Andre Uncut. You know, he was there as well. He's somebody that I deem in his community. He has done, you know, photography work, BBC collector. You know, he really puts on for the culture. Um, 
I didn't even know he was going to be there, you know, and it's like running into all these people was crazy. And, and then at the end of the day, you know, as he's going through the event and talking about the shoes and going through, you know, everything, um, there was a certain section where people had to pretty much, you know, had questions or whatever. And it was just seeing like the admiration for him and other people inspired by him, you know, within the room, all these great people, Andre Uncut, Sun from the Hill, me included, you know, just really inspired with what he did and just everybody here just for the joys of the culture, man. It was amazing, bro. Like, I really um, hope that that happens again, like, at some point, you know. It would be nice for that to happen, yeah. Definitely. So, you know, back in the day when we started the podcast, we'd only done a few episodes. We did, like, a small meet-up at the BBC store. And I didn't think anyone would turn up. I didn't think we had anyone that listened to the podcast. And we had people come through, you know, during the couple of hours we were there. So it was great to, like, you know, meet people and stuff. But we... um I know I at least definitely want to do something like that again in the future if we can once we yeah. get this kind of up and running a bit more and Cause I feel like this it becomes to be more of a regular thing. Yeah, it wouldn't have to yeah. be there. You know, I think um, I know someone, I don't know what video or what I was watching, but someone mentioned about like everyone, what if all the collectors, everyone has brought like, you know, these dope pieces and we all like just museumed it out like in a room in a space, like rented a space, pull all this yeah. stuff together, like that would be really dope, you know, just that in itself. So, no, I, I love that concept of what they did, man. It was amazing, bro. It really was a dream come true. Like I said, especially for me being my first time in New York, my first time to go to the store and to see it in that way, it's, like, unbelievable. Yeah, definitely. I think we we were saying, like, before the podcast started, um, you know, it's it's such a tight community. You know, the, the brand and the music is kind of, you know, it's worldwide, and everyone kind of knows it, but the community of like real fans that want to talk about this stuff week in, week out and listen to an idiot like me chat nonsense about it every couple of weeks on a podcast is really small and really tight. And that's what I love about it because I know I could go to New York tomorrow mm-hmm. and I would know people I could just go and stay yeah. with or I could meet up, meet for a drink. I know people I could, that's wild, you know, I could, I could go to Texas and you know, you're there. I yeah. could go to, I could go to pretty much anywhere. And there's always, there's somebody within our community that you kind of know. And again, as I say, you know, when we did the, um, the meet up in the BBC store a few years back, it amazed me that anybody came through, let alone the people that did. So it's, yeah, it's an amazing thing. This kind of community we're in, especially if you are, uh, a creative person such as yourself who's you know making music and looking also looking for opportunities and stuff yeah we're all kind of there to support each other um and that's what i kind of love about and that's why you know i've jumped back on the podcast and trying to start doing more regularly because because it's important to you know not just me but a lot of other people out there which kind of says way to the point that i want to kind of dive into earlier because um this kind of connects to my troubles of me growing up as like a young artist and finding my way through this medium. And it's, it's kind of like, so for me, like I said, I was born in 97, right? My teenage years and me being in high school is like 2014 to like 2015. I mean, 20, I'm sorry, not 2014, 2015, more like 2012 to 2015, whatever. Um, so like that era, like Migos is popping. Chief Keef is huge. Um, I can even say, like, in the underground scene, Soldier Boy. Like, this was, like, the stuff that kind of emerged on um, ASAP Rocky. Tyler Creators kind of came out at that time. Matt Miller for that type of rap. But um, trap rap was, like, huge. Like, it was really infectious. And 
um, I've kind of through my generation kind of seen like the rise of the trap music and you know the different variations of it um, from the Gucci Mans to the Waka Flocka to the Migos to kind of what we have today and um, I was kind of I don't know man I was I'm definitely a weird kid like I grew up in the hood to where that was predominantly that was what's going on like you know I, I grew up in pretty much a poor community um, definitely crime ridden drug infested so you kind of a product of the environment. So that music is a soundtrack for the way they're living. And you kind of have no choice but to kind of be somewhat injected into that. But, you know, behind closed doors, I was listening to rock music. I was watching MTV and into skateboarding and just into just different cultures and just a different way of thinking. So it wasn't until I got to like college, I did South by Southwest for the first time actually. And I opened for Playboy Cardi and Lil Yachty. And um, that kind of showed me, like, man, I can really do this music thing. I got deeper into that, of making that type of music um, at the time, kind of like New Wave Trap. I was kind of on the post of something new, because at this time, um, this is 2015, Lil Yachty and Playboy Cardi's, like, they're not signed yet, but they have, like, huge internet buzz, like, millions of views and things like that. But um, to be honest, I kind of, long story short, um, I did this event with Lyrical Lemonade, and I won. It was like a freestyle contest. You went for like $500. This was at another South by Southwest event in Austin. Um, I won a contest. I was supposed to be promised an interview, you know, and it never came about um, for whatever reason. I don't know, man. But it kind of, I'm not going to lie, put me in like this weird place to where I started to reflect on where I was at as an artist at this song. You know, what am I chasing? Like, what am I doing? What do my music mean? You know, and that kind of took me time, like, to dial back and, like, let me kind of find myself. So I kind of left Instagram. I left Twitter. I left social media. Like, the people who was around, I kind of backed off a little bit. And um, I don't know, man. I was just listening to different kinds of music. And I kind of – I started wandering on, like, the 06 for real. So I started getting deeper into that. And then that from there, that's when I started Instagramming and, and like looking up for different people who like that type of stuff. And, you know, it's getting into the clothes and stuff. It was kind of like at this point, super innocent. Like I'm just into this right now, but I'm not really making this music. I'm not really feeling the, oh, this is what I need to do. But, you know, through time, you know, it started to really translate to my life. And the messages within the music really started to shape my mind. And it made me look at, you know, the trap era and what they was doing. It's not to seriously say, oh, let me just disband this. It's just like, there's something missing here, you know? Like, especially in today's music, a lot of rappers talk about flexing and I got this and I do this better than you and this is different, y'all ain't doing this. But it's like, dude, this is really different. You know what I'm saying? Like the Neptunes and that music, um, not just the Neptunes, but just early 2000s, um, the 90s, just super musical music out of that era. You know, it really spoke to me and I really like got deep into that you know and I just started like like I said earlier you know I started digging deeper through the history finding new songs um really just educate myself on the game of, of you know the Neptunes and what they did and just music and through there I started to find different people within the culture um shouts out someone um Ice Cream Billionaire he doesn't post as much but shouts out Ice Cream Billionaire he's one of the people um, when I got on Instagram around like 2015, I mean, 2017, 2018, he was doing a lot of big posts with Star Trek Nerd and things like that, um, educating people on NERD, like kind of taking like a journalistic approach to it, which kind of definitely helped me just, you know, go on my Instagram. I'm learning new things I never learned before. And that kind of snowballed into me meeting Sis Letter somehow, 
you know, and we actually got a song together and collaborated and I speak frequent with him. And just, like I said, there's different people in the space and now, you know, King, people like you. So just going, I know that was like a whole thing, but it's just going to say that, you know, how this culture work, how I was able to work in that sense. Like through my passion of music and through this history, I was able to connect to different people and it integrated through my artistry and what I want to become. And it's been helping me. Like now I feel like I'm doing way better as an artist um, far as people who listen to my music. Um, I mean, I'm starting to make money from this at a certain point. You know, all these things is through, you know, really being passionate about the culture and finding something niche and working within that space. You know, it's really worked out for me. And it's like, I don't know, I wish more people can pay attention to the DNA of what's going on here, because I feel like that would really change the music industry and the way we digest music, you know? Yeah, man, that's really good to hear. It's um, it's one of those things now, it's like, you know, if you're passionate and driven, you know, like you are, mm-hmm. um, as you've just obviously articulated, you know, the kind of, the world is your oyster almost now with so many avenues and ways to kind of connect to people, link up with people, you know, you can DM people now and get in touch with, with them and open the conversation that way as opposed to you know, years ago, you'd have to find a phone number or, you know, go through an agent or a PR person or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Now we have that kind of direct contact with people. So it's like, it's great to see people like yourself really, you know, utilizing that and driving that forward. And, you know, as you say, you know, making yourself better as well and improving constantly. Yes, yeah, I mean, it's really been a journey, man. It's still going. Like I said, it's still elevating this year. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some really big things happening for me this year. Um, I have a lot of projects to drop. Man, I'm like, I'm stashed with beats, man. Like, I'm like a beataholic, bro. Like, I make so many <laughs> tracks, it's like ridiculous. And um, I'm just steady learning and elevating. I mean, it's the way I started to make tracks, once again, from the Neptunes and learning their DNA it really um, changed the way I looked at music and it pushed me to learn the piano and learn music theory and things of that nature that that's a skill that at the end of the day, if I don't put out an album at all, you know, I live in Austin, Texas. I can just go live show and just play and make like hundreds of dollars live at night, just playing probably the same chords all night, the same four part chords because I learned the skill, you know, through a culture that kind of motivated me to learn this skill. You know, it's that's the thing I love about this culture as well. It's like, I don't know, it just really pushes you to be creative and explore different boundaries. And there's so many different creative people doing so many different things. It's it's really inspiring to find where you're going to go to versus where, you know, not to not trap music or what's going on in that world. You know, it's very linear, you know, it's super linear. It's like um, sell drugs, talk about drugs, do drugs and look this way, play a part this way and kind of follow this medium. And it's like, if you try to do anything that messes with this DNA, we're going to shun you. And that's kind of like what happened to me, where it's like, it kind of hit me. It was like, I don't belong here, bro. Like, this is not where, this is not where I need to be maneuvering the space. It's not people that I think is going to acknowledge and appreciate my intellect, you know, my mindset on how I'm approaching this music. And I need to find a community and a culture who, you know, respects me and not necessarily respect, but more so appreciates what I do. Respect is needed, but more so appreciation is what I care about, you know? And uh, I found that here, and it's great, man. It really feels great. Yeah, as we said earlier, you know, the, the community that we're, we're part of is is so kind of tight-knit, but it does, you know, it reaches wide, and we're all obviously there to support each other. So, yeah, it's like me talking you know, to it's definitely you, it's opportunities. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know. Who, who, who would have thought, like, you know, it, 
if you'd have said to me 10, 15, 20 years ago, yeah, you'll be doing a podcast and chatting to people in Texas and New York and LA wow, and right. wherever, I'd have been like, nah, yeah, pr- probably not, you know, I don't think so. But it opens up so many avenues and it just takes that, you know, that dedication like you've got to kind of keep grinding at it. Because um, like I say, you know, we, we all support, we all try and help. Everyone does it for each other. So um, you've definitely got people there that yeah, sort of help you out along the way. And if there's anyone else out there as well that's kind of getting into this stuff or is looking for help or ideas or advice, then, you know, I, I highly recommend, you know, reaching out to people that have been on the podcast and people, other people in our kind of, you know, community that we have. You know, if you go on Instagram, you see we all kind of follow each other and stuff and you'll soon start picking out, you know, who to uh, who to interact with and who, who might be able to help you because, you know, we're all definitely there for that for sure. Yeah, man, which is, like I said, that's a rarity, bro. It's not out here like that. Like, that's not really a case in most other people's community, especially, like I said, being an artist, like, any artist that's listening right now, they can relate to how cutthroat just on the internet space people are, you know, with reception to music, you know, just even being real and saying, man, your stuff is dope. Like, you know, that's kind of hard to get, you know, so it's like I said, shout out six letter people like that acknowledging me like way earlier on. Like, I feel like when my music wasn't what it should have been yet, you know, he was already acknowledging some of my earlier work and appreciating it there. I, I guess it's like, him already seeing the potential and the concepts of what I was doing. Cause I feel like now, yeah, I'm on a whole different plateau, you know, but yeah, man, it's really dope, bro. I can really go on and on about this. Cause like I said, for me, it's life changing for me being in small Texas, small Texas city and then coming to Austin, where it's predominantly, like I said, man, to be honest, it's not many, like, there's not an urban culture here, quote unquote. I even hate using that word urban, but, to be frank, there's not many black people here that's into hip hop. There's not like a hip hop show or a venue here to where this is what they play. This is what you're going to get. That's not necessarily the case. So it's like I have no option but to utilize the Internet to find where I can be, a, you know, where I can grow as an artist and as a business and just even have friends like true. Like and then, like I said, King to me is a true friend, like. Without all of this, like, no matter what, you know, I don't really, my, my relationship with him is not based on him being, quote unquote, kings of creams. It's the person he is. Um, Same thing with my friend Ice Cream Billionaire. Same thing with Sis Letter. Like, these are really just great people, you know, and their morals and their output on life really is parallel to mine. And it helps me grow. And that's amazing that this internet and this culture of Pharrell and loving his music and being paying attention to this being a student really has led to this. Like, that's amazing in its own. It's really, I don't know, man. I really want people to capture that and understand that. And I would love for people to utilize that, you know, in their lives. Because I think this could be applied to any medium of media or anything. If it's not media, nine to five jobs, if you work in corporate, this could be applied to, you know, just a way of life. And I feel like um, a lot of people don't use use the internet and Instagram like that, you know? Especially with the explore page and things like that, you know, they kind of throw stuff at you. So, yeah, that's the thing. I think you, you touched on it earlier on um, a while back. It's not just about like you know, and I'm guilty of this, uh, so I can't say too much. But yeah, it's not now. It's not just a case of posting a photo, having a few hashtags on it, putting it out there, leaving it alone. Yeah, you've got to engage. You've got to you be looking to, at like you, you say. Passionate. Yeah. You gotta go on that explore page, find other people that are posting similar things. Um, you know, look at other people that 
the likes of Instagram may suggest to you because, you know, Instagram as part of Facebook knows a lot about you and oh, a lot yeah. about what you're interested in. So, and then you want to stay here another may... hour? <laughs> we can go into that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, and while some people obviously may find that, you know, a bit weird and a bit creepy and stuff, yeah, and it, it partly is. It really is. It does yeah. lend it does lend itself to some to some really good uh, suggestions when it comes to stuff that it throws your way on social media apps like Instagram. Once where you it says, "Hey, it, yeah. check this person out," or this topic, or whatever it might be. Yeah, once you tune it and you and you use the algorithm to kind of train what you like and you know, yeah, it really works great because yeah, I think at this point I've already tuned my YouTube and everything else to where yeah. I see exactly what I want. You know, at this point, um, so which that's. That's one of the things too. Like I said, is understanding that though. But you have to understand what you're doing with that first to even get to that point. Because if not, um, if you just get like a blank slate Instagram. Yeah, you're gonna see all kinds of stuff. I'll go on. I'll go on a small, um, a small old man rant. <laughs> and young young people, listen, listen up, um, and old people as well. To be fair, yeah. One thing I really detest here, you know, touching on that, is people that complain about. Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever it might be. And they kind of say, they say things like, well, I don't want to see pictures of like somebody posting what they're having for dinner. And my answer is always, you know, I've worked in, I work in social media and marketing and stuff. So me and my answer is always don't, you don't follow those people then. If that's not what you want to see, do not follow it. Oh, but it's like, it's my a member of my family or a friend or what you're not obliged to follow, no, follow. anybody. <laughs> yeah. Something you follow like what you find interesting. Work out like what you want to learn about in your life, and start looking up those subjects and start following those subjects. If you want to learn, if you're interested in, I don't know, space, go and follow the NASA account. Follow SpaceX. Follow. If you want to see some crazy weird shit, follow Elon Musk. You know, whoever it may be. <laughs> you know, if you want to be a little yes. bit more out there, I guess. And, and, and don't confuse you know the the message with the medium. It's not Facebook's fault or Instagram's fault or Twitter's fault that you're seeing shit in your feed. It's your fault. And like you said, you need to train it. You need to take the time to actually mark stuff as, I'm not interested in this. Do not show me stuff like this. But at the same time, do show me stuff like this. Because just going through and just, you know, hearting everything and liking everything just makes the platforms feed you more and more and more of the same sort of stuff over and over again. So take the time and the effort to actually block accounts, mute certain mm-hmm. hashtags if you use you know, certain apps, unfollow things, mm-hmm. um, mark things as, you know, go on the explore page. If you see something, you're like, why is this crap being shown to me? Press on it and say, not interested. Actually teach it what you want to see. And it will then open up those doors to you and you will start seeing more interesting stuff that and can, useful stuff. That will improve your life like dead ass. Like it will and literally will improve your life because you tune in that um, you know, it's the way I've tuned my media on my YouTube and Instagram and things, etc. It's built to where I'm not gonna stay here long. I'm seeing so much inspiration, I'm seeing so much things going on. I, I got to get up and go make a beat. I got to go get up and go outside. I got to go cook. I got to go, you know, do things that is useful and, you know, build skill. You know, it's, it just really inspires because I follow nothing that inspires me. Anytime, like, everything I see is I'm not seeing, you know, um, like I said, like a lot of these new rappers from me personally, I'm, like I said, I'm, this they're trying to market to me. 
But I've literally tuned myself to where I don't want to see this. Like, I don't care for that, honestly, at this point, because, you know, I, I'm already hip to what, you know, what they're trying to push and what their agendas are. And it's like, no, I'm on a different agenda. Let me follow this so I can create my own thing, you know, and especially being an independent artist and, um, you know, that's it's really mainly necessary because I feel like mental health and all that plays a part in that as well because we can get down a whole situation of how you know not doing this can really interfere with your mind interfere with you know um just being super lazadaisical about life and you're not accomplishing things and like you said people's like well you, they they just complain they just sit up and complain it's like putting no action into anything yeah it's you know if if you I would say to people like you know if you follow Kim Kardashian and people like that, you're only going to ever see certain content. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And therefore, don't complain about it. If you're going to complain about it, unfollow that shit. Follow stuff that's useful. And I'll give away one of my my secrets here people complain to me about is if I go on, let's say I go on Facebook, for example. I still use Facebook. I'm obviously an old man now, so I still have to use it. But I live in a foreign country, so I've I've got an excuse. And you say Um, you're a social media marketer, so you got to use it all. Well, yeah to, a, yeah, to a certain extent. And I manage groups and things on there yeah, as well. Yeah. So I still use it. But I would say, you know, I've not lived in the UK now for nine years. It'll be nine years in a couple of weeks, in fact, I moved out to Finland. I would say 90% of the people that I know in the UK that I'm friends with on Facebook, I've unfollowed. Whether they're really good friends of mine, childhood friends, school friends, even family members... Because you know what? Everything that they're doing in their lives in the UK has no relevance to my life in here in Finland whatsoever. No relevance. Of course, sometimes it might be nice to see when some big kind of event happens, but day-to-day, generally, I don't need to see what they're... I don't need to see they've gone to the park for the day or they're on the train to London for a day out or something. (laughs) It bears no relevance on my life. So I've muted kind of all of those people and I don't remove them because i still want to be able to contact them easily if i want if i need to but i unfollow them and i don't see any any of their stuff and unfortunately i say unfortunately because i have people complain about this it goes the same for instagram i will yeah if i know you i'm not talking about you here personally but if i know somebody personally if i do a podcast with them or whatever i'll always make sure i follow them i'll always try and make sure i stay in touch but if over time that person isn't posting anything I find relevant or interesting or whatever, then again, they get muted or in some cases they just get unfollowed if it's just shit they're posting. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you got to do. You've got to be, you, you can't get kind of, you know, sentimental with this stuff. You've, yeah, got, you've got to remember, man, like, that's like you said, it's, yeah. it's your own, it's your own life. It's your own content you're seeing. And that should be respected. You choose what you want to see. Yeah, and it's your own mental health as well, like you say. That should be respected, bro. Yeah, I'm trying to teach my kid now who's like 11. Yeah, he has Instagram. He probably shouldn't, but he does. <laughs> you know, and he has t- he has TikTok. He shouldn't, but he does, you know. But we have to have these conversations about, you know, who you follow, uh, why you follow them, and who you, also who you don't follow and why you don't follow them. And if someone is just posting rubbish, even if it's your best friend from school that I you see that every word. day, you just unfollow them. You just unfollow. You just be done with it. And yeah, move on. Get, get on with your own life and worry about your own shit. I agree. Yeah, I hate that. Um, Like I said, it, and really all these things go down to the morality and the principality of a person. Because, 
you know, me, for instance, like how you mentioned, you know, you follow me, but now we have numbers, you know, so if I really want to check in on you, you know, I'm going to text you, you know, I'm going to keep in touch with you. Just exactly. The same thing with my family is like, I'm not obligated to follow you, follow you guys and, and your endeavors, or even if you don't have any endeavors, because nine times out of 10, that's the case, you know, you're just posting, yeah, food and look at my outfit today that, you know, of course you look good. I love yeah. you, mom, but I don't really care for that, you know, right now. So it's just like, um, yeah, it's just like I said, it's just weird how people, it's weird on how like they take on this virtual reality and get personal about that. But then in real life, you don't even treat me with respect or like, you're not looking at like, I'm here. Like you're so caught up in and in, in mad about, do I follow you? But it's like, in real life, you right here in my face. Like that what matters. Like that doesn't like this virtual world doesn't, this is not for us to interact. You know, me that's real friends with people. Like, yeah, my Instagram goes down tomorrow. I'm still have King's number. I'm gonna still have all these people's number. And um, I mean, that that's cause we have a real relationship. Like, um, yeah, that's it's crazy how people, yeah. Like I said, it's it's a thing, man. So, and another thing too, I'll add on. It's always great to detox. I feel like at a certain point, you know, like, and it doesn't have to be like super long periods, but just kind of like get away from it, put it down, leave it alone, go outside, and just kind of really feel just the world and the life, and appreciate that. Because I think also for me, when I've done it, it put things in perspective. Because even as an artist, I'm not gonna lie and say that. Me being Paris Flacco, you know, I like Coors and, you know, I'm making this different type of music that's not necessarily, you know, what the radio is going to hear. It's not the music I'm making is not panning towards, excuse me, on uh, the top 100. Um, So when I do see maybe someone like this is just an example, like shots out Gunner. I'm not finna whatever, but I'm using them as an example right now. I see someone like a Gunner and, you know, I'm seeing, you know, just kind of all his success and what's going on. It sometimes can play mantras with you. It's like, man. Dang, like, you know, why I'm not there, this and that and the other case. But when I, you know, detox, I'm working on myself and put this perspective, well, hey, I got my path going on. I got this going on. You know, my time is my time. You know, it's going to take my time. You know, things is going to go the way it's supposed to go for me. And that's how it's supposed to work out. Um, I don't need to try to, you know, equivalent my life or where I'm at with this person, where he's at, you know, because that's not how life works. But, you know, when you're seeing images downloaded to your brain every single day, day in, day out, you kind of start to program your mind to feel that way. You start to match your life against theirs. And like I said, that can become a really unhealthy dark hole, bro. I've been there and um, I've been able to make it out and manage it out. And now I feel like I use Instagram very healthy. I'm definitely not, first of all, like you said, I'm not seeing um, I, you know, I'm not interested. I'm clicking not interested. So I'm not seeing, you know, artists and stuff like that of Gunner, honestly. And um, at this point, I understand what I'm doing and I have a fan base for what I'm doing. I'm just looking at, I'm here to cater to them. That's why even if you go on Paris Flacco, people who follow me on Instagram, I don't follow anybody due to that same concept of I don't want to be influenced or see anything else outside of, you know, what I'm doing. I'm just here to cater that. And that's already kind of, to me, I did that to establish the relationship between me and other people. Like, if you follow me, you're here for the journey of what I'm doing, my creations, and what I'm making. This is not a social thing. This is not, um, let me keep tabs on Paris and see what he's doing. Like, that's not this is. You're here to buy music. Uh, you're here to, um, you know, support the music, um, support the art I put out through Instagram posts or whatever it so be. And that's just kind of what it is. And if you don't respect that, I mean, I kind of feel like keep it moving, honestly, respectfully, you know? I 100% agree, mm -hmm. for sure. And I'd also, I'd, yeah, it's worth pointing out that 
some people may think that's a kind of extreme kind of route to take. But it's, yeah, you have to understand where your own kind of personal boundaries are and works for some people, doesn't work for others. But yeah, if you use social media or all these different channels in the right way, it can, as we've already talked about, it can open so many doors. It can. And yeah, somebody such as yourself, who's obviously quite a bit younger than me, you know, you're more of a, a child of this kind of you know generation and this kind of yeah, um, a technology that, that we have what i would say is like you talked earlier about you know kind of being the kind of you know sort of slightly weird one and and having to kind of you know go into the background and utilize the internet and stuff to you know kind of make these connections and things which obviously you're doing brilliantly thank uh, you there's also you know it, it's proven that it works you know you look at similar people like you know i would say oh you know, obviously Pharrell and Chad were always, you know, weird kids that kind of focused on their thing, did their thing. They are where they are. Cuddy, for example. Yeah. I think, you know, Cuddy's one of those kind of, you know, weird people. I'll say yeah. that quote. And he's, and he's someone kid. that um, comes from like a certain city in town where, um, you know, because is he from Cleveland? Like, I mean, Cleveland, there's, yeah. there's not many people from that area, you know, that didn't what he's done. So, yeah. Just kind of add on to your point. Yeah. And then Tyler is, you know, the perfect example um, he's you know around your age, a little bit older, I think, maybe approaching he's, thirty. Uh, I feel like yeah, he, I mean he's he's quite older. I mean, couple yeah, he's quite older because he was someone like I said when I was in high school, he was that guy for me. You know, it's like um when I yeah. listen to older people talk about you know man this you know the night man it was tribe it was this it was that and it's like for me if I have to name off my era it would have to be the Tyler's the ASAPs the um like I said the Chief Keefs the um stuff of that nature you know that's like my era but not necessarily what raised me you know but yeah yeah tyler's again that kind of you know i say weird in air quotes kind of kid Um, probably probably the sort of kid i would have hated at school seems very (laughs) um you know it it could be quite annoying I, i i think he probably was um that kind of hyperactive type person that has to be the center of attention but you know he's he's harnessed to that and used that to kind of drive him forward. And, you know, and he knew back in the day how to kind of utilize social media to kind of expand his audience, how to use all these online platforms to get his music out there before they had deals and things with um, World Future and everything. And like you say, look at him now. He's, you know, scoring (sighs) fashion shows in Paris for Nego. I'd be so jealous. I'm not going to even love, (laughs) I love Tyler. <laughs> Shouts out Tyler, but I'd be like, man, that should be me. Like, damn, dude. One day, but, man. One day. No, it, one it, day. It's, it's just like once again, I'm I'm super competitive. Like, I'm not gonna shy away from me saying that because I mean that with you know all respect and all goodness in my heart. It's just that yeah, like he's a person. Like I said, man, he's literally just checking off the boxes of all my dreams and things that I've once accomplished or things that I think about. You know, just even um. Something that's interesting, um, he this last album that he did with DJ Drama. So on a small scale, what I was doing, I did a mixtape with um DJ Nick from ASAP Mob. Um he works with ASAP and Marino Infantry, um, a New York based DJ um that I linked up with. But I kinda wanted that that DJ drama gangster grills kind of air thing on it. So I wanted him to scream. Like I literally booked him to come down to Austin like scream on the mic, like, you know, talk super braggadocious, like just that feel of it. And this like hearing the things he was naming off on his influences, talking about like, you know, Young Jeezy and, you know, of course the Pharrell prequel mistape and just, 
I'm like, man, I'm already doing it. You know, like that's crazy. Like, you know, just uh, it's just such like that where it's like, um, one side, yeah, I'm jealous. I'm like, man, dang, like, you know, shit, like how, you know, I need to do that. But another side is like, you know, hold up. He's showing me how to maneuver with this idea and take it further, you know, and take it to where it can really be acknowledged and appreciated. And um, when you do something like that, you inspire people and you you show people, you know, something that they may have never seen, which is in the grand scheme of music and what we call art and just this culture. That's what you want. Like you want new people to know. You want people to get nerds about just as much as we do that may just find out Neptunes today. You want them maybe over the years to, somewhat acquire at least 50 percent of the knowledge you know through just their fandom and their appreciation of it like there's nothing wrong with that so yeah man it's, it's really yeah it's really amazing that um we do have the people like tyler and things like that that kind of have shown us this especially being like a neptunes fan like, i think he's really like the one who showed you how to be a fan but not be like a carbon copy 2.0 for real like you know yeah um, people, this could be debated about some of the music choices and some stuff you did, but I deem that he's someone that took the DNA. He took some of these um, blueprints, but he morphed it to his own. You know, maybe early in his music, you can really see it, but I think that just comes with being young and being like an early artist. And, you know, through time and experience, you start to learn, let me take this. And it's like, I feel like, to be honestly, this may be like a super debatable thing I'm going to say, but it's like, I think he's taken certain things further that Neptunes hasn't done, you know, in certain instances of how he's using that sound and the opportunity he's doing. I think the fact, I think that's supposed to happen. You know, at the end of the day, that's supposed yep. to happen. He's younger. Y'all, you've seen this great Pharrell do all this. It's only right that I look up and say, well, I can expand past that. I've seen this, but now we have this because you did this. Let me go another layer. So even going back to me and the Tyler thing, it's like, I'll be feeling like that, but it's like, Who's to say Paris Flacco can do way more, you know, things and, and take what his ideas farther? Like, okay, you scored the Grinch. I might could score Scorsese. Who's to say that that can't be the case? I mean, ideally, that's what the mindset you want to have and that's what you want to reach for. And I would want the person who looks at the Paris Flacco to have that same mindset. Okay, Paris did this, but now I'm going to go up another level because I studied you and I've seen the line of influence, but now I'm going to add on to that, you know? And I think that's... That's what this music do, man. That's what this culture do. And that's what this is about for me. Nothing else, really, man. Wholeheartedly agree. For sure, man. I, I went off, bro. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> no, that's good. This is great. This is what we want in the podcast. It's, um, yeah, this is what people always say they love about the podcast. It's great that we chat about, you know, the music and the latest drops, but they want to hear people's thoughts and opinions and, you know, um, understand how they're working and what they can kind of aspire to be and, and all this kind of thing as well. So it's it's great to obviously have you on here and, and hear about you know, your yeah. your story your journey so far because you know it's quite clear that there's you know still a lot of this journey to go as well. Most definitely. So it's, um, no, it's great for me, for David, for everyone listening to kind of be able to kind of in some way be involved in that and to be able to watch you and hopefully wow. you know help support you as well. You know as the years kind of go by. Like I said to me, man, like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this one last time and I'm gonna stop. It's just like I said, I just have to elaborate one more time on how first of all, I appreciate you for letting me be on here. Um it's an honor being able to be on a podcast. Um, but it's more so an honor to for you to say that and think that about me, man. It's 
crazy because like I said, I was from the outside in, you know, like I said, in the early ages of me learning about the Pharrell and kind of gearing up my bag of knowledge to where if I was to ever approach a Stephen Penny or a King, I can say something intriguing to these people that would show that, you know, not only am I, you know, a fan of what y'all guys do and I'm watching, but, um, you know, I, I have, I have something to add on to this space as well. Um, you know, so it's, 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 it's a trip to me because it's like, it's to me, you know, you may not be rich or nothing like that, but I deem y'all like, you know, it's like very influential people, you know, and very, you know, thought provoking people. And for me, I, that's just, I just want to be around that. So to the fact that, you know, like I said, just in S amount of time, I've been able to get on here and have the, you know, the, the, the opportunity to be on this platform to, like I said, work with King, not just one video. I mean, if y'all go down King's videos, man, I've been doing that for months at this point, um, you know, scoring his um, videos and, um, you know, having the opportunity to go to New York. And like I said, um, rubbing elbows with Six Letter, like we have songs that we're going to eventually put out. It's just more so the marketing and like the planning and really waiting for the when the time is right. Things of that nature that, like I said, like even him, like I remember putting in like, who's the artist who, you know, talks about vapor who do this? And he's one of the first people who popped up. So I was looking like, you know, this is kind of competition or, but in the sense of I need to get with this guy, you know, because it's like, I need to be able to maneuver in this space. But like I said, it's, it's all love, man. It's like, it's crazy, man. This is really dope, bro. So it's really a blessing to be on here. It's a blessing to be in this community. And like I said earlier, I really hope that um, people take the DNA of what's going on here and how we interacting with each other and apply it to different mediums of life. Because I think that's really, at the end of the day, what needs to be taken away from all of this. It's not about the glorification of the music or the fashion aspect and things like that. You don't need to feel like you need to be these people to do that either. You don't feel like you need to be a musician or you need to be a collector and spend all this money and cash out, you know, and live above your means. I think you just need to be able to encapsulate, you know, just the the basis and the fundamentals of what's going on here and like just the passion. And if you apply this passion that even I'm showcasing now to anything that you want to do, I guarantee you success. I guarantee you're going to be successful for sure, for sure. Wise words, wise words. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate the comments as well. Most definitely, man. Let's wrap it up there. I think yeah. we could probably uh, talk for quite a bit longer. We could. <laughs> but I think let's do this again at some point soon. Yeah. It'd be great to have you back on as well. Yeah, Especially when um you've been working on some more stuff. We'll be able to catch up and talk about that as well. Man, it would be, be really a good. great honour again, bro. I'm ready to do it. And I'm ready to um, yeah go deeper into some of the, the history on some of these other Neptune's tracks and... um maybe, you know, bring up another hidden gem and maybe bring some other alarming, you know, news to people. So, yeah, bro, I'm looking forward to it. All right, I'll tell you what, I'll leave that in your hands. When, once you come up with that hidden gem, hit me up and we'll do it. Let's do it. We'll Good surprise stuff, some people. Good stuff, cool. Everyone out there listening, uh, a quick update for you. I was meant to mention this earlier and I completely forgot. All of the podcast episodes are now on YouTube. I just spent the whole weekend sat in my home office, um, turning them all into videos, putting them all up. So if you are a, a YouTube watcher, um, as I think both myself and Paris are, oh, yeah. um, you can you can jump on there and just actually just watch them on, on YouTube now, listen to them in the background on YouTube. Which has been phenomenal to, for me to be a testament. I've been doing it the last three, four days, and it's great. Y'all definitely need to go listen to these podcasts. Like, 
so much hidden gems. Like this guy has managed to talk to some amazing people that, I mean, to my knowledge, I don't think I can find too much interviews on Spy Mob and, you know, their <laughs> contributions. So this is really something like, seriously, guys, I need to listen to this podcast. Seriously, like go back and, and, and just, just, you know, binge it, man. It's great. Appreciate that. Thank you. I must say the one only episode that isn't up is the um, In Search of 20th Anniversary episode because I used the um, the original In Search of intro in the track and it got copyright claimed straight away and taken down. Uh, but hopefully I've challenged that. So it will be back online soon. But, but yes, if you're a YouTube watcher or listener, then head over there. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, you can find everything else to do with the podcast at theothers.net, including all of the links and whatnot. If you just want all the social links, go to linktree forward slash others podcast. You can find me at Steve R. Penny on pretty much all of the platforms. Paris, where can everybody find you? Give us your information. Yeah, man. Paris Flacco, everything, Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok. Definitely follow me on TikTok. I'm going hard on that right now. Um, I'm going on there now. I don't really use TikTok. It's mainly like dog videos that I see on there. Like, you know, shows you hey, an old man what I'm, I'm telling y'all right now. Everybody, but... TikTok is the future. If you if you are artist or you're a creator and you're not on TikTok, you're you're heavily sleeping. You need to wake up and you need to get over your um, fears or your opinions about it. Figure out what you need to do. Take our advice on the filtering and get on there because it's really. Um, it's, they're doing some great things and it's really, go, it's not going to go nowhere. So you might as well get with it or be behind, honestly. Um, but yeah, TikTok, Twitter, um, I am on Facebook as well. I'm really on all social medias. Um, also, um, Nights in the Dreams, Miss Tate just dropped a couple like months ago. Um, that's my Miss Tape. I produce everything on that. Um, it's hosted by DJ Nick. Like I said, he's affiliate of ASAP Mob, ASAP Ant, Marino Infantry. Um, that's on sale. You can only buy it digitally to 1099. If you want the CD copies, hit me in the DMs. We can get that happening for you. And that's that for right now. Nice. We'll have all the links in the show notes to point all the people in the right direction for all those things. Great stuff. Great to chat you, Paris. Definitely get you on again soon to, uh, to chop it up some more, uncover some more hidden gems, but we'll wrap it up for there, uh, there for now, I should say. And, uh, we'll speak to you all next time. Bye-bye. Most definitely. Peace.